digger here and ain't no wannabes here with some not so nice advice for your writing career to be clear no punches will be pulled but the punch may be spiked how they like before they get on the mic to my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty and if I piss her off believe me she'll come after me and her co-host Matt Evan Wallace on the right yes she may be half as hype as she could take him in a fight so settle in folks buckle in and boot up time to meddle in a way to make your writer shut up it's hard work but the perk is that it's fun and exciting Facebook will still be there when you're done writing Ditch Diggers! So coming to you live from the uh, pop-up cardboard box uh, phone booth of the Ditch Digger Manor, it is the Ditch Diggers with Mer Lafferty and uh, special guest host Valerie Valdez. How are you, Valerie? I'm doing great, and I have it on reliable authority that this phone booth is larger on the inside. Really? Excellent. No. no. <laughs> you 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 turned on that real fast. Wow. I feel like Clark Kent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Matt couldn't make it today, and uh, the other scheduled guest host couldn't make it, so Valerie uh, very kindly stepped up and uh, said she would join me on uh, Ditch Diggers. And yeah. Valerie is well, well suited to uh, be a Ditch Digger, as she is the author of Most Recently Fault Tolerance. I'm holding it up for the camera, and I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, which is on the Locust Long List for Best Sci-Fi Book of the Year, and um, also my co-editor on Escape Pod. So we know the business from both ends, and this is suddenly getting weird. So you talk for a second. Yeah, that was a tough phrasing there. Yes, sorry. I don't like to, is, is it a worm? Is it like a, the spice must flow? It goes in one end and out the other kind of thing? <laughs> and, um, not, that not that kind of ends? No, no. I don't think so. Um, are we are we burning candles? Is it there's sure. one candle? Yes. Wicks. Yes. Candles. Oh god, that sounds like an even worse internet joke. Like this is just getting worse. We're digging this ditch even deeper. That's true. This is a bottom. hole, not a ditch. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody will have to send down a ladder. Probably Matt. Yes. Um. So yeah, I was just talking to to Valerie about the. Um, I've been trying for decades literal decades to figure out how to work from home balance podcasting editing and writing and various chores and i've never hit a balance because lately i feel like even though i have been more productive i can only focus on writing or all the admin stuff including podcast creation and posting and all that and I, I can't say, like, ooh, I'll do writing in the morning and then the admin stuff in the afternoon. It never works like that, ever. And I've just been, um, I know this is talking a little bit more about the craft than the business part, but Matt's not here to stop me. So I've just <laughs> been struggling. The, 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 the question always comes, how do you manage this? And I'm like, I don't. There's, like, running around putting out fires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I think that, I mean, it is part of ditch digging, right? Because if you don't dig the ditch in the first place, then you're not going to get paid for it. So, like, that's the the business side of things comes as a direct result of the literal digging of the ditch that you are engaged in. Um, yeah. It is, it is rough. It is rough to try to manage your time. And creative endeavors 
like any other endeavor take brain power they take mana and so like it's it's not so much spoon theory since that's you know disability oriented primarily and, and chronic fatigue and stuff like that but like it's a similar mental situation like i like mana for it that's what i usually say it's like i'm out of mana that's mm -hmm. it i used all my mana on making doctor's appointments and yeah. um going through emails and organizing whatever children's school stuff and so by the time that you're done with all of those kinds of minutiae then the idea of sitting down and writing fiction it, it no your brain is just like uh no thoughts had empty brain gober yeah the I, I i'm thinking of um in stardew valley as you're hoeing along or, or watering things like you're starting to feel exhausted and you're like no i'm good and then one hoe too many and then your eyes go into X's and you're just Skill over very slowly. But if you eat a treat you made from tree seeds, then you can probably make it home. But um I also like to eat treats from tree seeds. They're pretty good. <laughs> Gotta say. Delicious, delicious tree seed treats. I'm like a bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Yeah, I about that, the the advent stuff, not the bird thing. Um, I did realize that ditch digging includes all of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you just want to make stories, and that's all you want to do, then you can make stories. Yeah. If you, but when you want to make it a career then you have to do all that admin stuff because that makes it a business. And so many people, myself included, because I just did, say that I didn't write today, I did a whole bunch of other crap, but it's the other crap that makes it a business. And I'm trying to figure out how to tell my brain that, no, I did writing work today. Yes, I did not make progress towards my deadline, but I benefited my career in many ways. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm trying to wrap my brain around and, and convince myself that I'm right. Yeah, no, it's really tough. And I know that some people, what they like to do is they do um, lists of things they have done that day after the fact. Instead of to-do lists, it's the I did list or I've yeah. done list um, as a way of trying to combat that brain weasel that specific weasel just put it in a little carrier and send it up to the farm upstate because like otherwise you are just gonna no you're, you're gonna make yourself miserable sitting around you know eoring about the fact that you didn't get anything done today when you actually did get a whole ton of stuff done today it's just not the thing that for some reason sometimes you wake up in the morning and there's one thing that you're like i'm gonna do this thing today mm -hmm. this is the thing i want to do today and then you tell you tell yourself okay but i'm gonna do the thing after I do these other things, and then I'm going to do that one thing. And then if you don't get to that one thing, no matter how many other things you've done, you feel as if you've accomplished nothing. Yeah. Because for some reason, that was like the one, you know, thistle stuck in your brain, the one bramble that just got snagged on you. Yeah. And then your emotional landscape becomes a uh, sleeping beauty. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the problem, I, I like the things I have, have done. That's It's been uh, recommended to me more than once. But also, how do you know what to do then? Oh, yeah. No, because <laughs> if you don't have your brain organized in the first place, yeah. then it's like you're just wandering, you're just puttering around yeah. getting nothing done. And then you really have nothing to put on the list. And then, uh, then you're really miserable. 
Yeah, so I think maybe you still need to do a to-do list just so you can keep everything organized and know what to do, know what, what's on fire. And, um, but also do the I have done list. Mm-hmm. Yep, because then it's, you're coming at it from both ends again. See, told you, <laughs> told you. I blame you for that. It's okay. coming up. It's co- coming back That's up. That's fine. That's fine. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing about lists too is that so um my husband and I don't remember the name of the program, unfortunately, I'll ask him and maybe we'll put it I'll put it in the Discord later. So hey, incentive to join Mer's Discord. Um there there's a particular list making program that allows you to have various kinds of like themed cascading lists of different types so that you don't have just one enormous master list of tasks that is so long that your eyes glaze over and you crawl into a closet and then disassociate for 12 hours because that is the other side of this right is that sometimes especially when you're ADHD and your executive function is not operating at maximum capacity you're you have this uh overwhelm that happens if you look at a list that is too long Mm -hmm. and then you and then you don't do anything because you're just overwhelmed by well what do I do first and I know you've done the random you know approach i love roll a die yes yes tree lobsters made an html file that has you weight your different to do's yeah so i would put writing as like weight of 20 Mm -hmm. and laundry as weight of five Mm -hmm. and then i roll a die metaphorically and it pops up just one thing Mm -hmm. and writing will have a greater much greater chance of coming up than laundry because you gave it more weight yes and And also because clothing is optional true true (laughs) and so i have found that really useful um (laughs) yeah i don't see tree lobsters in chat today but but that was a pretty cool tool yeah i like the random number generator i think it it makes me feel like i have a boss that the decision making's out of my hands someone has told me what to do yeah, and I hate to because... sound like such a good little cog or follower, but honestly, it helps my productivity if somebody else is saying, this is the thing you should do now. And if that's a, if that's a die, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like that, it is good to know that about yourself, right? Because if you start from the supposition that all of us are equally capable at any given time of being the masters of our fates and the captains of our souls... Uh, you're gonna you're gonna end up in these situations where you don't get things done and it's very frustrating and then then and then it becomes a shame cycle right where it's mm-hmm. like oh I didn't get anything done yesterday because I was so overwhelmed and then now today I have this extra weight of needing to get the things done because they didn't get done yesterday and also I'm ashamed of myself for not doing things yeah it's like a catamari of shame it <gasps> just gets bigger and bigger and then turns into a star the star is a, is a black hole. Valerie is also a Twitch streamer, I should have said. Um, Valerie streams games on Monday through Thursday nights with her husband, Eric. And it's, the kids are asleep on yes. Twitch. And uh, I'm just saying that because the, I, I just love the video game references you make. It makes me so happy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is, it is a catamari of shame. That's really... That's really it. <laughs> now Christian writing wants to know when your Katamari stream will be. Uh, so I have actually multiple versions of Katamari, mm-hmm. um, including the original, and I don't know what systems they're on, unfortunately. But I can tell you that Katamari Reroll, I think, is out on Twitch. Uh, Switch. Mm-hmm. Not Twitch, but yes. Switch, which is the thing that sounds almost the same. Um, and so 
you can you can has that i don't has that but you could and uh i think it was on sale recently even on this on the switch store um i actually just bought my husband we had our anniversary wedding anniversary and i bought him uh inscription oh that's fun He's a big Twin Peaks fan, and so I was like, you know what? You probably will enjoy this weird horror game. Is he going to stream it? He's not. He's just Damn. playing it for funsies. Oh. Maybe he'll stream it later, but uh, right now he's just having a good time. It is it. such a so. weird, weird, slightly violent game. Yeah, yeah. But again, like I think that w- the cool thing about video games is that if you're the kind of person like me who thinks metaphorically too much, <laughs> irritates your friends with endless extended metaphors um video games can can give you these ideas like inscription for example is a game of iteration right you're learning the rules as you go you're Mm -hmm. failing you're getting murdered and turned into a photograph (laughs) and uh actually tell tell the people what inscription's about okay because i actually don't know if i could describe it Inscription, so I will I will do like the top down version. So inscription is a, a horror survival horror uh, deck builder roguelike. And so it is a game where you have cards and you play a card game against various opponents, but it is also a horror game because you start the game essentially locked in a cabin with somebody who definitely wants to murder you and will do so repeatedly because it's a roguelike and a roguelike game is one in which you die over and over. I should say it's a it's not a full rogue like a true roguelike because in those when you die you're dead. Uh, but in this one you get to keep playing it over and over again and every time you die you get turned into a card. That you yeah. could then draw yeah. for your own deck again later. And that's just the start of the game. It goes yeah. to much weirder places after that. But uh, it is it is a horror game, though. It does have animal sacrifice. It's not super graphic about it, but it still is creepy. And uh, you will definitely have visuals of a dude reaching his hands towards you in a very uncomfortable fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Lots of lots of death and murder. Good music. Yeah, good music, music. Good art. Yeah, good, yeah. Good puzzles. Also, there good are puzzles. puzzles. If you step away from yeah, the card game, in the cabin. Yeah. You walk around the cabin, and there are there's like information or codes or ways you can break out better cards. Yes. Um. So it's it's definitely a game worth trying out. I have not finished it. I'm not very good at it. It's just very strange. If you if you do like horror stuff and Twin Peaks and Mist, I guess, is sort of a puzzly. It's not as deep as Mist, which is a an immensely deep game, but um it it's got some fun some fun quirks and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, which is funny. I don't I mean, I like horror, but I don't like jump scares. And yeah, this does not yeah. have that because you no. know when you're going to lose. You <laughs> You, you can see it coming because you're looking at your score and then you know when you lose, those hands are coming out of the shadows. And yep. that's all that happens. You just see this. You just see the hands coming yep. towards yep. you and then it goes dark and then he takes Creepy, your picture. glowing lights amid mm-hmm. a shadow. I, I should say eyes, glowing eyes yeah. in shadow. Yeah, no, it's very creepy. Yeah. But anyway, that was... that was uh, Inscription. Inscription. It's, it's pretty cool. Um... But playing video games can let you think laterally, and I think that is a useful thing to and and it also teaches you a kind of like patience and perseverance 
that will serve you well in other places, such as the ditch digging. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you just you give up and you move on, and you're like, you know, instead I will take up this other activity that is less taxing to my emotional state. Yeah. It's, again, it's it, it's instead of trying to cut your way through the brambles to get to Sleeping Beauty, you just look at them and go, you know, actually, instead, I will simply go home. I'm just going to let her nap. I'm just going to let her, she, you know, She's been fine all this time. I heard there's a dragon in there, and you know what? I don't need that in my life. That's true. That's, That's true. true. I have to do some self-care. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, she's been asleep this long. What's another couple days? Weeks? Years? Yes, and then And then next thing you know, you're like, you're a, you're a parent of some, some lovely children who they themselves have heard the story of the Sleeping Beauty and also have no desire to cut their way through brambles. And that's okay. <laughs> I was just thinking about trying to grind dodging lightning 100 times in a row in order to get a uh, epic weapon in Final Fantasy X. Woof. 100 Yikes. times. Yikes. Yikes I, on bikes. I tried it. I don't think I got above 10. No. But I'm sure if I'd gotten into the 70s, I would have been pissed if I'd gotten hit. I do I do know somebody who did that, but he was better at the grind than I was. Just no. No, no. One time I had Commander Shepard do 160-something pull-ups just to see what would happen. What happened? I got to rub it in James Vega's face. Oh. It's a Mass Effect three. <laughs> okay, that's about it. It was just like I had the I had this and and that if that is not writing two in a nutshell, right? All I got out of it was the satisfaction of knowing that I did the thing. Yeah. <laughs> did I get paid anything? No. Was there a reward? No. Did I get an achievement? I think so, but it was just an achievement. Like, what does the achievement give me? Nothing. The satisfaction of knowing I did it. That's it. That's all you get sometimes out of digging the ditch is the yeah. satisfaction of seeing the ditch there dug. Yeah. And then even worse when you have to fill it back in because you're like, oh, I dug it too deep or in the wrong place or I hit a cable. Like, ugh. The yeah. whole process is, is, a, is not fun. And so you have to you have to enjoy it for what it is because if you don't, you're just going to make yourself miserable. Yeah. Which is why those of us st- are still writing. I was... <laughs> Oh, I was doing my taxes. Oh, it's tax time, friends. Tax time. And everyone's favorite time of the year. One thing taxes do is they tell you just how little you made in writing. Womp, is that, that writing career, how lucrative it is? Because my, my book was late. So I was, I got one payment. I did get a little bit of royalties from previous books, but those books are, you know, one of them's 10 years old. And so those are getting, like... Getting royalties from a 10-year-old book is great. Though. It is great. It is great. But it is also a dinner for me and my husband. <laughs> and so... Um, that 13 cent check will really go far. That's Don't right. spend it all in one place, Mer. Exactly. Um, but anyway, we were going to talk about the whole AI thing. Yeah, which is valid given that we were just talking about money, which I think is a lot of the reason that these people are engaged in the practice of creating fast fiction and throwing it at editors yes. like a like a water balloon. <laughs> to make sure this is evergreen content, <laughs> we're pretty sure people have already heard about it. But if you're listening to this later, um, Microsoft's AI chatbot has... Um, 
been unveiled as being quite pretty good. And um, it's got its flaws, but it can write a story if you give it the right prompts. I've not tested this, but I have seen the output before. It reads to me like a sixth grader's book report. It's not good, but sixth graders can get better. And so can AI. And um, one thing is <laughs> our, our, our good friend over at Clark's World, Neil Clark, made national news when he wrote a long blog post about suddenly Clark's World is getting inundated with uh, stories from a chat, the, the, the chat bot. And it's not that the AI's submitting them. It's not that sophisticated yet. And what would AI do with the little bit of money that fiction writers make? But, um, you know, people will feed it ideas and it'll spit out and then they'll submit it and think they can get fast money. And, um, I have really bad news for them. Yeah, you could exactly. instead spend a year or four writing a story for Clark's World and never see it never sees the light of day. Yeah, Yikes. but it, it is um a lot of people are concerned. I think at the most extreme end they're concerned that, you know, writers are going to be put out of jobs just mm-hmm. like sometimes with the chat with the AI um for illustrations you can say give me this thing in this author in this artist's style and it'll spit something out and then there's copyright complaints and artists are saying i didn't give you the right to feed all my work into this thing and um so that's getting ugly but i i don't think we're anywhere near a chatbot writing stories better than a person but the problem now is that it is putting a great burden on the magazines because we are, we're, you know, we're held together with spit and rope and chewing gum. And while Escape Artist is very proud of the fact that we do pay everybody who has a hand in our uh, magazines, it's, it's not a lot. And, uh, you know, Increasing our load with no real hope of reward. You know, I mean, we're, we're happy to go through slush because we yeah. we hope we're going to be finding good stories. Oh, but yeah. just someone pouring chum into our slush piles is like, why? And it's, it's bad. Yuck. Yes, Preemie, who is <laughs> very familiar with our slush pile... Premies our assistant editor at Escape Pod. Uh, don't want the signal to noise ratio to go up any higher. Yes. Yeah, because there there is such great joy as an editor, and and I I say that as any of the editors from from the slush readers who are an, an, an editor to Premium Ben to us, like there there is such joy in finding a really good story in the slush pile and being like I get to be the person to bring this to other people and share it with them. And and there it it's just it is what makes this job worth doing. And so having that chum get tossed in, so that it becomes some sort of horrifying breeding frenzy where you're trying to to find the one one good fish. I guess I don't even know where where that metaphor is going with yeah, that. Yeah, I don't but know like, either. We're attracting fine. sharks. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just... I, it, but it's <laughs> it's just it it makes the whole process much less pleasant for everyone involved, and like. 
again, right now, the stuff that's getting submitted is just not, it's not going to go anywhere. There's not a chance of it getting accepted. The AI art has a overall, like a much, I'm not going to say higher quality because that's more subjective, but like it's easier to pass off AI Mm -hmm. art as genuine art than it is to pass off AI writing as genuine writing for our purposes. Um, Clearly, the people who are doing this stuff have been able to successfully make money throwing AI generated like articles at various outlets that are content mills. And Mm -hmm. so their entire thing is I'll pay you $10 for, you know, some sort of basic news reporting type story that is pretty easy to put together using uh, an AI model at this point, because it's just facts and they're pulling it off of other websites that are already reporting it. And then just, yeeting it into into the bin uh and collecting their five dollars or whatever but like they they work in in bulk basically and it's it's kind of a horrifying churn that yeah for that purpose works but for our purpose at this point does not except to effectively turn this into a denial denial of service attack wherein because there is so much of a flood of this stuff happening there literally is no ability for the slush readers to keep up with the volume. It's not possible. Uh, seeing the charts that Neil, you know, put together about the submissions and and the charts, to be clear, were not the number of submissions they were getting. It was the number of people that he had to ban. So, like individual account bans went up like thousands of percents. It was it went from you know like under a hundred if if not less than that like to to over 500 i think in a month um it was it was just an outrageous number compared to the historicals and those 500 were submitting however many they were submitting rapid fire before they got banned and then the thing too is they have automation that creates new gmail accounts and just keeps firing things off it's it's again it's a hot mess the denial of service thing and for those who don't know it's basically that you're you're overwhelming whatever the the site is the server is with uh, demands to the point that they can no longer do the thing that they are intended to do and that's essentially what's happening here yeah um a couple of contents uh comments from chat um the uh, underpope says, do they think that Clark's World is a content mill that will publish that content? There is apparently a list online of where you can make money fast by sending. There are a few, yeah, by like, sending your content to. Yeah, and and Clark's World pre- is one yeah. of them. Is on Previ- that list. Previously, Clark's World has, like Neil has talked about how Clark's World has come up more often on these lists. Like this, this that's not new. Clark's World appearing on the list, and he's like, yeah, and every time it happens, we'd see a bump in plagiarism usually and just other trash but because of the chatbot now existing and being able to do the thing it's become again people have created essentially programs that make a new gmail account churn out the content and then yeet it at clark's world and they had to close and they've they've closed they didn't close when Neil was like in the hospital they they yeah. just have never they the the they've closed like twice i think he said in their history and oh, so wow. this is unprecedentedly I, terrible i don't think i'd read that wow yeah he um <clears throat> yeah neil clark had a widow maker level of heart attack a couple of years ago and yeah. is quite lucky to be alive and we're glad he is but sorry yeah. that this is yeah 
all that kind of stuff. Uh, Christian writing, on the writing side, it's less scary and more offensive. How dare you think a computer could do our job? But on the slush reading side, it's fear of accidentally rewarding that behavior someday. Exactly. We actually, um, before, people would grab authors' uh, stories and then submit them as the author, but using their email address. I don't know how they were planning on getting paid, but I caught one when I knew the author. And I'm just like, this doesn't sound like you or look like your email address. Did you send us this? And she said no. And then I'm like, well, hey, we caught a plagiarist and we like the story. <laughs> Do you want a free reprint that you didn't have to work for at all? And she said yes. So that was kind of neat. But... um. That's like the best case scenario. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Somebody doing the work yeah. for you. Um, Oops. Uh, Christian writing follows up saying Clark's world gets heavily promoted in those get rich quick by writing fiction articles because they pay 10 cents a word. I don't think it's that they necessarily think it's a content mill more than they respect it about as much as one. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. And it's hilarious because you look at the, you look at the statistics, you could go on submission grinder right now and you can look up any given pro or semi-pro rate magazine and see based on people's self-reported stuff on submission grinder. So it's not a hundred percent accurate, but you can see what the statistics are in terms of, of acceptance rates it's not good y'all it's not good no it, the the idea that you can sit here and just eat trash it, it it is you're eating trash you're throwing trash at someone's house and hoping that they'll come outside and hand you a check that's not how any of this works that's not how any of this works oh my god that is so perfect wow none wow. of it none of it is like that wow yeah it's like I get this when um, when people were trying to prove that John Scalzi was a bad writer by trying to write something in his voice, and I don't remember what their goal was, but it was it was it was they were mad about John Scalzi being successful, and they were working very hard to either bring him down or quote unquote prove that he wasn't. And I'm like, I'm looking at it going. That is so much work. That, Why, that's though? so much work they were doing. They could have written their own book. They could have done so many other things with that effort. And It's exhausting to be a troll like that. Exactly. I just don't... Video just... games exist. Like, take up a hobby. Learn to knit, crochet, yeah. uh, macrame. I don't know. Like, chalk art. I Just do something better with your life. <laughs> I'm <art>. saying... <laughs> Listen, chocolate can be really cool. I'm just saying. I believe it. I believe it. But you're telling the wrong person. I don't, oh, yeah. you know, troll people online. Go tell the trolls chalk art. That's the way to go. And and what's interesting is that what it comes back to with this, with the chat stuff, uh, the chatbot stuff, is that it is people trying to do the thing quickly. And it's the same as the AI art, right? Is the idea that you want to cut out the middleman. And in this case, the middleman is yourself. Mm-hmm. And and the work that you have to the, the digging of the ditch. Instead of digging a ditch, what you want is you want to have a robot come and dig the ditch for you, and then you want to stand beside the ditch and look down at it proudly and say, "Look at this wonderful ditch I dug." And you're like, "You didn't though. The, the robot that you the robot did it." Yeah. What robot? The one behind you. It's not you. You're not hiding this very well. It's a giant robot. I'm picturing like a Voltron robot now, just because it's cooler. Oh yeah, if these were Voltron robots writing fiction, I'd be like, I'd be helping them. 
you know, because you want to be friends with the robots that are going to take over. It would be nice. Yeah. It would be nice. Somebody's going to write that story of the chatbot that literally writes a story. Like the, the chatbot that gains sentience and then writes a story and then is just all the rejection letters <laughs> that they – because it, it's, because that's what's going to happen, right? It's like, oh, I could do fiction. I'll look at all these people asking me to write stories for them. So clearly I'm a writer and mm-hmm. so I'm going to start submitting my own stories. And then they start collecting rejections and going, but I thought oh. – <laughs> But 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 those those li- the, those lying writers told me I was good. They told me it was worth sending these stories in. So Premi says semi-related update. My Sifwa mentee tweeted about having to write an essay, and someone leapt into her mentions, offering a chatbot essay two minutes ago. Wow. I would like just pretend that I made a really loud fart noise, but I don't want to actually do that to anybody listening because that would be unpleasant. Okay. Just yeah, I, I realize that that. Teachers and professors have been dealing with this longer than we have. Yeah. And I think they have tools now to be able to, like, spot various clues to whether something was written by a student or written by one of the bots. But I'm not mm-hmm. I, not sure. Yeah. And just so you know, apparently uh, the chatbots really like to title stories the last something. So just don't. If you're thinking of titling a story the last noun don't simply do not although the last noun is actually kind of a cool idea for a story you can have that one for free that's on you i'm not writing it i don't i'm not a chatbot i want i want i want the story about the chatbot that becomes voltron (laughs) i want to i want the story about the me that becomes voltron because that's cool i would like to be alas the singularity has not reached us yet much as the meta people want to believe that we're on the cusp of becoming robots ourselves, I don't think we're—I don't think we're quite there yet either. Yeah. One way or the other. <laughs> I'm also trying to the last chat bender. Yes, exactly, Daniel. What? Uh, <laughs> I just—I—I I just banned Christian writing. Christian writing. I have. Oops. I don't know how. Just hang I, on. I don't know what you did. I don't know I, what I did either. I thought it was I... the it was the bots. The bots took offense to our discussions here. Listen, bots, if you want to get published, you have to just you have to up your game. You have to develop the skills just like anybody else. So, you know, just keep practicing. Keep digging the what? ditch. It, no. Stop. <laughs> unban. Make thing better. Unban. Can I unban? Unblock. Yes. Uh, Somebody, somebody explained to Christian writing that everything is actually fine. Nothing is wrong. Everything's okay here. How are you? <laughs> okay, Christian, uh, Christian writing is not currently banned. Okay, okay. Just, just hang on a second. So, AI. We got it. Yeah, AI. Come on. I think so. One of so actually, let's talk about the uh, gray areas of AI because I feel like that's also worth discussing because it does relate again to uh, the digging of the dishes and the making of stuff. Because one thing that um, contracts may start to do, which I think Clark's World now has done, is asking for an affirmative statement on the part of the author that their work has not been produced with the use of AI, um, and so. 
unfortunately, what that means is potentially is that if you say use a chatbot to generate an idea or a first sentence or something like that to inspire you, basically kind of like any any random generator, prompt generator kind of thing, uh, potentially based on that kind of affirmative contractual question, you may not be allowed to submit that story. Um, Neil has gone on record more or less as saying that he doesn't consider that to be a problem because you are still just taking the the prompt or whatever it is and creating a work of fiction out of it that is your own. You're you're doing your own thing with it. But um, depending on the publication, it could become a, a a sticking point where people are like, no, no, if you used any sort of computer generated something to make your story then it's out of gas yeah um uh daniel's asking in the chat how far does that go does that include names generated by ai some people said yes some people say yes i i saw um i guess i shouldn't say much because you don't know who how private various mailing lists are but i do know of one editor who's like absolutely no ai anything Mm -hmm. And I don't know how they're going to figure out if your name was generated by an AI or not. But, um, yeah, prompts, name generations, all of that is considered verboten. For some. Yeah. I think that the prompt, like the AI prompts is pretty much just rolling dice, isn't it? Yeah. What's the difference between something like that and using story engine, the story mm-hmm. engine deck or, you know, there there were all sorts of exercises that um, when I was studying creative writing a million years ago, oh, college, um, that you, you would like, okay, take a first line from a famous story and a last line from a famous story and then write an entirely different story in between. Yeah. And in theory, then, if you wanted to submit that story, you should probably change the first and last line to be something different, even though they were the thing that generated what came in the middle. But would that be considered plagiarism? I mean, no, it's two sentences out of what is ostensibly a much longer story. So the idea that the whole thing is plagiarized is a little absurd. And in that same way, it's like, okay, well, if if what you generated was a first line of a story to get you going, then I don't see how that's you, the the bot has not assisted you materially except for that initial burst the catalyst yeah and even then like coming up with ideas is so much more complicated than that the notion that a bot can just like fix everything for you we're not there yet the jetson's future has not reached us yeah i kind and of want is, it you know some bots are are awesome you know oh, yeah. that, like one of my favorite bots on Twitter is the Midsummer Murders bot, mm-hmm. where, I mean, if you don't watch Midsummer Murders, it is a gentle, cozy show that's been on for, like, it's in its 20-something season, um, you know, British, cozy murder show. But it gets really, really bizarre, and mm-hmm. they they play it completely straight. like, yeah. And so the bot basically takes... Somebody with a weird job has Mm -hmm. been killed in a weird way. Yes. And suspicion falls on this group of bell ringers or pudding clubs. Some random something, yeah. Some random group of people who hunt orchids. I mean, just, yeah. The combinations can be very hilarious. Because they're angry about something else. Yeah. And then there's the one Midsummer Murders that sounds like it was written by the bot which is um a 
surveyor for a grocery store is found stabbed to death in a barn by two kids drinking and smoking. Suspicion falls on the upper middle class uh, prostitution ring that are angry because the 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 uh, grocery store is coming to town. That that is in one episode of this show, and so it, it's such a bizarre show that I love watching the bot because it some it usually comes up with weirder stuff than that. Sometimes yeah. not so much. Sometimes you it'll you know spit out one and you think I could see that. Yeah, I could see it's that. Like in somebody the show. would do that. Yeah, yeah, because that's how that's how the show works. And there's all I mean there's all sorts of like the the bots on Twitter, a lot of which have been more or less mass banned by. Mm-hmm. particular changes that have happened for reasons um but some of them are very fun some of them it's like here is a picture of a possum every hour mm-hmm. here is a quote from a poem every hour like there's a lot of different different ways that these things can serve as as inspiration and prompts that um are not harmful in the same way that yeah. this what? new wave of stuff is yeah, one of my husband's favorite ones was the one that tweet that just put out a tweet every Friday, the same tweet that just has Daniel Craig saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend." <laughs> he he said that on, on when he was on SNL and and it it became the spot. That's all it does. On Friday, it tweets that out. So, um anyway, real quick, the, the there is talk in the chat of favorite midsummer murders real murders which is uh jasmine reminds death by wine or large wheel of cheese there's also death by gazpacho don't forget that one um then there was the guy who got tied down his yard and hit with a cannon um yeah i'm just saying did the was it the person who ate the gazpacho or the person who made the gazpacho because cold soup is offensive to me I think it was the person who made the gazpacho but good then justice was served gazpacho was not part of the motive it was the means not the motive oh well all right then okay i mean as it should be gazpacho is disgusting <laughs> sorry to all the gazpacho lovers in the audience you're wrong and that's okay i I'm, you know i can live with that <laughs> you don't have to eat it it's okay no i know y'all can have all of my gazpacho that i'm never ever gonna eat yes you know, strangely, I know I'm somebody on the internet, but I'm not offended greatly by you hating this soup. And to be clear, all of this is actually entirely uh, like fake. I don't actually hate anyone who hates gazpacho. Y'all can live your life. Like, what is? It's not my business. <laughs> yes. So wait, we. I want to catch up on chat. There's discussion of uh... <laughs> ketchup. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're talking about gazpacho. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Um, I don't like ketchup either for the record. does ask, how would they know if a submission used those? I think it's like... Like the of- prompts? Yeah, how would you... Yeah. I mean, So a thing about fiction, right, is that depending on how good you are at things, you bury the cables. It is it is a question yeah. of like, how can who can see the strings of the marionette? Who can see, you know, the the man behind the curtain who can see the the way that the trick works that the magician's doing and i feel like if if you're a good enough writer then no one will ever know because you have taken the thing and made it your own and so there's there's no harm there like you've not done a bad thing yeah 
It's, yeah. it's the people that just are literally having a machine write an entire story for them and then pronouncing it complete and ready to go and submitting it. Though That is where the problem arises because they have not done the work. I think it's also, um, I think about it in the terms of if you try to go to a website run by a liquor company, you have to put in your, or, you know, go or see a rated M uh, game on Steam, you have to put in your birth date to go further. Can you lie? Yeah. Yes! I lied, and I told... I forget what... Oh, Disney! I was trying to open Disney Plus, and they're like, wait a minute, we don't know how old you are, and I'm like, come on. And so I just put in, like, January 1st, mm-hmm. 1970. I just threw in yeah. the easiest date it was to type that was over 13 or 18 or whatever they wanted, but that also covers their ass. It's, you know, they have to say that that you knowingly went past. You can't say you didn't know that you shouldn't be doing it or shouldn't be going there because they yeah. did tell you. So, no, it's not really a... a, a uh, it doesn't really keep people out, but you just... You cannot claim ignorance that yeah. you shouldn't be going there. You shouldn't be doing this thing, letting an AI write your story for you. Um, as for the prompts or the fantasy names, I have no idea. That just seems really... I, I think that's going overboard, but that's just yeah. me. Yeah. Um, a lot of contractual stuff, it is essentially a sign that you can tap, right? And 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 that is just the case for all laws. People will argue against having certain laws because they are like, this will not have a sufficiently deterrent effect, and therefore we should not have the law. And it's like, the law is not just there to exist as a deterrent. The law is there so that afterwards, if someone violates the law, they can be punished appropriately. And so, like, that, it serves that dual purpose. It serves the first purpose of letting people know clearly what the rules are. Because that's important, too. We've seen with this whole spoutable debacle that clarifying rules only helps people. It does not harm anyone to have clear rules. It means that people can then operate within the boundaries of the rules and ensure that they're in compliance with that, with anything. Or if it is something that is an opt-in situation, like submitting a story, that's entirely opt-in. Nobody's twisting your arm and making you do it. If it's opt-in, then you can say, okay, I don't like these rules I don't like that this particular publication is saying I may not use any prompt generating software, whatever, so I will not submit to them. You're allowed to not submit to yeah. them if yeah. their rules are that restrictive. But then having the rules in place establishes those clear boundaries, establishes those expectations, and then if they are violated, it allows the person, you know, the editor, the, the company, whatever, to then retaliate in some form or fashion. Yeah. Can we talk about the spoutable thing? Because I've only seen it like oh yes. Valerie no, does not want it. to talk about the spoutable. No, it's just it's just very frustrating. No, it's not a matter of not wanting to talk about it. It's just like I it's so frustrating every time that somebody picks a fight with Romance Landia, I'm just like, What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. People Why, think though? that romance writers are fragile flowers no yeah and on and on the other side of it then what happens is that we put them on a pedestal and the problem with with erecting statues to people is that statues attract pigeons and so then they get shit all over them and that sucks too like you don't want to be the target and that's what what, it keeps happening to Cordelia milan yeah she keeps ending up as the target for shit yeah pigeon attractor and it sucks it sucks to be that when all that you were trying to do in the first place is help and that is essentially what happened with Spoutable, is that uh, the, the the founder, 
went off uh, at the romance community who were simply attempting to clarify the rules for posting explicit content. Yeah. That's it. That's all they were trying to do. And then it turned into a horrifying brigade that led to a lot of people leaving and a lot of hurt feelings and harm and harassment that did not need to happen. Yeah. So bad. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Spottable is... um... I'm, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think of this in, in, you're listening to this later, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping you're wondering what Spoutable is because it's not around anymore. But when <laughs> uh, Elon Musk's Twitter caught hit a hit a iceberg and caught fire and started spilling oil everywhere, sank um, into the swamp. Yeah, sank into the swamp, burned down, fell over. Um, as it's in its death throes, then there are. Uh, a lot of other social media stuff popping up. Yeah. And you've got uh, Mastodon, Hive, Spoutable, uh, Post. Tr- post. Post, yeah. Yeah, I think but I think Post is more like Medium. You're supposed to like yes. make longer things Jur- than just journalists, really quick. I think, are uh, getting attracted. And there's uh, yeah. some other ones that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head, but yeah. Yeah. Um, We're seeing a, a, a plethora of them popping up. Yeah. Trying to. Uh, take over yeah and so we're all just kind of testing each one out and i heard spoutable was good and then i heard the ceo was kind of a twerp and then this happened and it's like you just when someone's trying to help you you first that's just that's just mean you know it's just mean and then just take any any business person who takes a reasonable critique of their business and goes off like a frat boy who just had his first keg. I, you should not be starting a business because yeah. that's just ridiculous. People who do that. Oh, also talking about people spouting off scott adams ruined his career this weekend <laughs> that was fun this weekend i mean he's been working on that oh he has been working now. on it but this weekend he he went coffin nail shopping and I'm then sure got he, on youtube and started he's gonna hammering. have a robust robust afterlife as a fox news commentator yeah what, what's funny is um i used to like that uh comic when before he went off into his weird racist forest. And even even now, my husband and I will, will make jokes from Dilbert long ago. Yeah. And then I was in the basement, and my husband comes down, and he's like, I'm looking to see if we got any Dilbert books. I'm like, why are you doing that? He's like, we need to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> they got to go. He's, he's, he was just ready to just... Nothing wanted nothing to do with Scott Adams. Stick, stick him in the kindling pile for winter. He did it again. Yes, Daniel. What he did was he decided to say that um, black people were a hate group. Is that what he said? And uh, then all about white how, people should yeah. stay away. Like, it was pretty bad. And again, not it the was first awful. time that he said bad things. But yeah. for some reason, this was the one that crossed the line for people, which actually then spawned a really hilarious comment from someone who basically put the benchmark at about uh, the Reagan era for uh, m- morality and ethics in terms of what we should be looking towards. And yeah. I was like, I have bad news for you about Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of digging dishes. 
Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, yeah, he said some very racist stuff, and now he's crying that... Um, he's been canceled. He's been canceled just because, like a like a Netflix show after one season. Everybody's allowed to be as terrible as they want with no repercussions at all, ever. How dare! Don't worry, I'm sure he'll go on his uh, uh, image cleansing tour in a year or two and make a strong comeback amid a very particular demographic. Mm. Because he's very canceled. That's what happens when you're canceled. Oh, I see. Yes, yes. But, you know, it's like, he's got a different setup where, you know, he's, he, the, pa- the papers pay him and the papers have fired him. Oh, yeah, him. no, they, that's it. They're, he's, he's out of circulation, which is, yeah. which is good. So I guess I'm he can sure still do. sell books, but I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, no. And that's, that's really what it comes down to is that all of the folks that tend to talk about being canceled from a very particular demographic, what ends up happening is that they go on their cancellation tour uh, they play to sold-out audiences in various places. They take speaking engagements. They sell books about how canceled they are. They appear on right-wing media to talk about their cancellation. And uh, they basically continue more or less as they were, except with a slightly different thrust of activities. Yeah. It's really disingenuous, and I kind of hate it. Yeah. Kinda hate it. Yeah. Because it keeps happening. And, and for some reason, people keep uh, just kind of going with it. Yeah. I reiterate, loud fart noise. Just pretend I made one. Yep. That's um, the sound of my heart. <laughs> I, I, I feel the need to, to, to say this every once in a while. Um, this applies only in the U.S., but the First Amendment gives you permission to not be uh, canceled by the government, depending on what you say. Yeah. Other people and companies and your boss... And your family, they don't have to. The Constitution does not say they have to put up with your shit. You don't also get to have a platform about it either. Exactly. Again, so dig, Digging ditches. Like, that's part of being an author, being a writer, being a creative, is that if you're doing it in public and for money, then you have a platform of some kind. That platform exists to the extent that people are willing to let you have it, more or less. Yeah. So. You're not owed a platform. You're not owed an audience. You're not You're owed not... a debate. No, none of those things. No. So, um, just just remember that it's it's the, the 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 U.S. government is not allowed to say, "Hey, you can't have your social security benefits because you're a racist." They can't do that. But his bosses, his syndicate, can say, "Yeah, we don't want to be associated with you because you're a raging racist." So. Bye. They're allowed to do that. It's not a First Amendment uh, violation at all. Mm-hmm. I just, for some reason, that 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 one thing is a very that bugs me because it's like one of those things where it's written right there, and you say it violates it. No, and considering a lot of these people know the Second Amendment by heart, you'd think they would have read the first one carefully. There's a lot of components to the first one, too. It's not even yes. just freedom of speech. It's freedom of a lot of other things. Yeah, I don't know so. if I can ever remember all five. Yeah, I know. It's I, I'm always like, okay, it's speech and press and assembly and... Religion. Religion. And the fifth one, the Harpo. <laughs> the, the Harpo. The Harpo of the First Amendment. The Ringo. <laughs> if Yeah, Daniel, that that's also... 
Yeah. Do, do they really know the second? But anyway, we are getting off into constitutional discussions. Womp womp. It's still just... Oh, yeah. We... Do Canadians scream First Amendment? <gasps> wow. Air, is airing of grievances? Is that the fifth one? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I just saw it in chat and I was like, really? That doesn't sound right, but okay. See, Shauna, I thought that Canadians don't want to be considered to be American. Like, you don't don't want to get confused with us. So why claim to have one of our rules? Festivus, that's a good one. Okay. Canadians just have to worry about the monarchy and uh, something called a prime minister, which I guess is, uh, it's the minister that cannot be divided by two. Lee Burwell says the right to petition the government for a redress of grievance. That also ah. sounds like Festivus, but yes. Okay. Well done, Lee. Good job. Thank you. Um, I'm proud that we got as many as we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. We're good. We're good. The people listening at home cannot see the faces that we just <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm reading in the chat about all the people in the UK and Canada who have been crying about the First Amendment. <laughs> are they oh, real or God. are those bots also because that's the other the the world is just i the the worst thing about getting older i'll tell you is like just realizing that everything's pretty bad <laughs> i need i need i need a dose of good news because i just i'm losing faith in everything yeah, now it's, yeah it's just good news is tomorrow that's i should be writing <laughs> Yes, exactly. There's no good news for ditch digging. There's just dirt and more dirt and sweat. Yeah, and shovels. And shovels. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you dig the ditch with your hands because that's all you got. So, yeah. I think the lessons we've learned here is um, learn what the First <laughs> Amendment is. Yes. Um, you could do a lot more good for the world and your writing career if you just take all the energy you're doing in trying to game the system and working within the system. Key and Peel had this great sketch where they're just like, hey man, I know, I know how we can get so much money for a bank. So first thing we do is we go in there and we interview. And then we 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 go there every day and every two Every two weeks, the bank will just give us money. It's like, we'll get them from the inside. And the other guy's like, that's a job. As you just said, you're going to just get a job. Yeah. Yeah. That's like when tech bros invent new things, new technology, like the bus. bus. Yeah. <laughs> the this, bus. This, uh, my, my favorite was the people who were going to invent the bodega, but it wasn't a bodega. They were calling it bodega. Bodega is like a small supermarket kind of uh, mm -hmm. for people who may not know what that is. But they were inventing the bodega. Except it was actually an automat. It was it was literally it was a store of vending machines. Ah, and I was like, okay, first of all, that 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 has exists. been invented. That exists. Second of all, how dare you call it a bodega? I'm, I'm offended. There are no cats in this in this shop. Only machines, and you should be ashamed of yourselves. Stop it. Could there be cats inside the machines, like yeah, ghosts? If, I mean, it's all anything's possible. That's we would true. have to ask uh, the cats cast folks. That's they would true. Better than, they would know better than we. That's true. Um, what else have we learned? Don't don't just, you know, uh, become familiar with AI. Learn about it if you're interested. But just remember, just write your own stuff. Tell yeah, your kids, write your own stuff. 
And what, like, in in a way, uh, the the AI exists to circumvent the work. It it exists to get a, get around having to do the work. Mm-hmm. But like, if you are a person who wants to make art, the work is the part that you want to do. Like, it's not just about having a finished product. Yeah. I feel like people who are not artists of of any kind tend to miss that. Where it's like, yes, we want to have the finished product. Yes there is a satisfaction in it but the satisfaction largely derives from the amount of work that went into getting there yeah it is it is the journey and not the destination exclusively and these are folks who who simply want to teleport from one place to the other as convenient as that would be for literal physical reality when it comes to making art it kind of misses the point yes well um i have held you here for over an hour valerie um Tell people who you are and where to find you, and I'll hold your book up while they do it. Woot! Uh, so yeah, I'm Valerie Valdez. I'm the author of the Chilling Effect trilogy, which includes Chilling Effect, Prime Deceptions, and Fault Tolerance, which just came out in August. And uh, my forthcoming novel is Where Peace is Lost, which is sort of a planetary romance space fantasy. If you like Star Wars, you may like this book. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, yeah, and I am Mer Lafferty. I do... Right now, I do streaming. Uh, I stream my podcast Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. That's 2 p.m. Monday and 3 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays. I talk about business of writing on Monday, and I talk about all the other stuff on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, I sometimes game, but I haven't really found the right time to do it. So, working on that. But uh, also, you can find my books. My uh, latest book is Station Eternity. It came out in October. It is available where fine books are sold. I've got your book to show to everybody. I don't have mine. What'd you do with my book, Valerie? Damn I it. took it. Oh. Sorry. I really wanted it. It's in in my defense, it has a great cover and also the stuff inside ah. the cover is pretty good too. I found it. I found it. I got Premies books too. Oh. There's, there's mine. Anyway, thank you everybody for coming in the chat and hanging out and making that lots of fun. Um, yes, I would like to have Val back on the podcast more often as well. I appreciate you. Valerie's awesome. This podcast was produced under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Music provided by Devo Spice. DevoSpice.com Ditch Diggers! This is a free podcast brought to you by the kindness of our patrons. If you would like to also be kind and a patron, go to patreon.com slash mightymurr.